you've got a friend here at the Intentional Living Center, and that be me. I'm Dr. Randy, along with Jennifer and Steve and the rest of the team. We are live on a rainy Tucson day. Had the windshield wipers running like crazy, which you don't use a lot in Tucson, but today, boy, it's been rainy. Glad to be with you live. It's uh, the place where we, we love sharing with you, helping you, encouraging you to be intentional in your life, solving problems that are hurting, solving frustrations, making decisions that will honor Christ and bring benefit to those that you love, including yourself, because there's a process and we're here to help you think it through. You need a friend, got a question, maybe a decision you're trying to make or a joy report in terms of a a one thing that you're working on, love to hear from you. 888-888-1717. We'll love to talk to you. 888-888-1717. Let's get started. Hey, this is Ryan. And hey, I'm calling in because I am going through it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to save my marriage right now. Um, I've made some pretty stupid choices. I just turned 30 years old about six months ago. Been married for five years. We have two kids. I've been kind of an idiot prior to this idiot kind of season, if you will. I built two multi-seven-figure companies. And I kind of feel like what I've provided has kept my wife with me, right? I'm at a place now where I have no friends, no family, literally just me. And I've built companies, but I failed to serve the Lord, serve my family. And I've, I've kind of forgotten who I am. And so my question here is, where should I start? Where should I start? Mm-hmm. Hey, Ryan, thank you for calling. Let me, let me start with the good news. The good news is you're, you're in the uh, stupid season of life. I say the first 30 years up through 29, roughly, are the learning time. This is the time you're learning experiences. And if you're going to be stupid, it's better to do it when you're there than when you're 60. Let me just be honest. I've talked to some of you guys and ladies in your 50s and 60s, and uh, the stupid switch went off at that point. You got a whole long, big line of history behind you, and you don't have the runway to really kind of take off. And it's difficult. Not that you can't and not that God won't heal. He does. Believe me. But uh, I think all of us who've been down the road a little bit would say, hey, Ryan, if you're going to learn some lessons, learn them at 29 and 30 because you got some some time ahead of you. Now, where do you start? That's your question. Where do you start? I'll tell you where you start. You start with an intentional decision. You start today by saying you're a smart guy. You built these seven-figure businesses, so you're smart. You know how strategy works and getting stuff done. Start with a decision. And the decision is, here it is, James 4.10, humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So you start with God. Make it right with God. God, I have been a stupid, stupid follower of you. And uh, I love you. And uh, I know what's been going on ain't working. And you start with that decision, your intentional decision to humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Not easy to humble yourself when you're a bright, young, successful, building those business type of guy. You're in charge. You're the boss, right? Come on. Not easy. Start with God, make it right. And then to the extent that you can, continue with your wife to make it right. Say, honey, I've been stupid, and I deserve whatever is coming my way right now, but I want you to know um, I've decided to take a new path in my life. Not just because of where we are right now, but because, as you just said to me a minute ago, I forgot who I am. I I lost who I am. 
and, and I'm going to find who I am again. Give me some time. Give me some space. Continue with your family. And then build. Listen, Ryan, young guy, get, get some smart, older, godly men around you who've been down the road, who can become accountability and support partners for you in your life. Get together with them for lunch once a week, once a month. And ultimately, here's what we tell people who want to get out of Stupidville in life, okay, uh, is we start by, first of all, being intentional, by saying, what, you know, what is it? Making the decision. I choose to be intentional. I choose not to continue on the path that's leading to wherever this path is leading me. And then you develop the kind of daily godly habits. That, that, and there's a lot involved in those two statements. But that's what intentional living is all about. The good news is, my friend, you've admitted it when you're 29. Got your whole life ahead of you. So find some support around you. Be in the right community and humble yourself before God. When you do that, listen, wow, powerful things can uh, happen in your life. You can join us. You got a question? Something you're wrestling with, a decision you're trying to make, or just a kind of a positive, hey, this is what God's been doing in my life report. Triple eight, triple eight, seventeen, seventeen. You got a friend here at Intentional Living. Pamela, you're next in Michigan. Uh, what's your question? I had a question in regards to the man I'm living with. When we got together, he wanted to get married. He wanted me to live with him. And so we had like just a ceremony with us together. So for the last eight years, he says that we're married and it's getting to me because legally we're not. I do have his last name and it's bothering me because I feel like I'm living in some type of sin. Mm. Um, I just have a question on whether or not how I should feel. Mm. How I should feel. Listen, you know something, Pamela, thank you for calling and um, having confidence to share what you're going through here with our intentional living community. Uh, I noted that when you were, when you were asking the question, Pamela, you used the, I think you used the, the word three times he wanted or what he, what he thinks. I didn't hear anything about what you think until the end when you said, Hey, I feel like I'm living in sin. That's the first time I heard what you really feel. And I'll tell you what, uh, there's, we see in Scripture, for instance, in Romans chapter 14, where Paul is talking about people and what kind of food they're going to eat and is has it been sacrificed idols and should you and shouldn't you and so on. And he really, there and some other places, makes it pretty clear that whenever we violate our conscience, whenever we violate our conscience, it is sin. Okay? Now, your, your, your uh, husband, we'll call husband, you, you didn't even refer to it that, the man I'm living with. The man you're living with doesn't see it the same way that you do. And that's okay. That's the way he sees it. He sees it differently than you do. So you're not here to try to change his mind, but you are in a relationship where you need to share your conscience. To say, you know, I love you. We agreed to be married. And I got to tell you, this is what my conscience is telling me before God. Because you made the statement, it's getting to me. I'll tell you what, let me, let me talk to every couple. If your spouse is saying, that's getting to me, you better pay attention. Now, we all have ups and downs, and we all have different ways of viewing things for sure, but we have to get back to understanding that God speaks to his children through his Holy Spirit in uh, pretty powerful ways. 
And when your conscience, listen, when your conscience is telling you something, you paid a bill and you realize that you didn't get charged, does that bother you? Does your conscience say that or do you say, hey, wow, look at that. I got out of here without paying, what, $350 for iced tea to now? Is that what it is? Something like that? $395 for an iced tea? Or does your conscience bother you on those, quote, little things? That, that's an indication, in my view, that's an indication that God is working in your life. The Holy Spirit's working in your life, see? And uh, when we violate those things, our conscience, which may be the guy next to you and the lady next to you, it doesn't bother him at all. They're a different place. But if your conscience is, is troubled, listen, and you say that feels like sin to you, that's something you better pay attention to. And a good time to talk to that man. And uh, if he loves you, man, to really have him understand what's going on in your life. And uh, what a testimony that is to be able to share that. Yeah. All right. Love to have you join us. 888-888-1717 is the number. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners just like you. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio, but it is intended to help you live an intentional life in Jesus Christ. How can love languages get us into trouble? Sounds like you under you sort of gave us a diagnosis there, but how can it be a problem in a relationship uh, that's avoidable? Well, if you don't understand the concept, of course, and you just do what comes natural, which is what I was doing, uh, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to be meeting the need for love in your spouse. Because about 75% of the people, what they do to others is what they want to receive. And consequently, you can be speaking your own language but it's not their language. So you can be sincere. In your mind, you're loving them. But if that's not their language, it's not going to connect with them mm-hmm. emotionally. And so that's why people can be frustrated. You know, when a wife says to a husband, says to a counseling office, you know, I just feel like he doesn't love me. And he's expressing love to her in the best way he knows how. It's frustrating for him. Right. Uh, you know, he's just thinking, how can that be? I don't know how you can say I don't love you. Uh, so it can be very frustrating. But if you understand the concept, each of you learn each other's primary love language, and then you choose to speak it, you're going to fill up what I call the emotional love tank. Well, we all have a love tank. You fill up that love tank, and and they speak your language. Man, you create a positive climate, because now you're meeting one of their fundamental emotional needs, and that is the need to feel loved. uh, yeah, it's extremely important and can can really create a positive climate in the relationship where you can deal with other issues in a much uh, much friendlier way. That's Dr. Gary Chapman, the author of so many books on love language, including the original The Five Love Languages, uh, speaking to me on, on the phone from his home in North Carolina. And I told the team, this book, a classic, I know many of you have read it or you've heard about it, the five love languages, it is so powerful and so simple. I told Gary, Gary, you talk about a simple book. You laid out five really powerful, simple, understandable truths about communication. 
Uh, I said, I want to make this book available to my friends across intentional living who are saying, hey, we're looking for something to, to be more intentional about in our own life, and we want to support a ministry that's impacting people for Christ. And so we're making that book available to each of you uh, who will join us in support as a monthly member of the Intentional Living Community. And if you have the book, share it with others. But I'll tell you what, also, you're going to have access to the brand new, the entire platform of all of my monthly Intentional Living teachings for the last uh, several months, and we're putting in at least the last two or three years, of all of the content Dozens and dozens of hours of intentional living material, including the full interview I had with uh, Gary Chapman. I hear some excerpts here, but I talked to him for some time and I said, okay, Gary, let's make this thing get practical. How do we deal with love languages when we disagree about parenting, disagree about money, disagree on other issues in marriage? How does love languages work? And he, he really, um, he really went into it. So it's on, it'll be, it is going up on the, the new platform that we've just created. So all of our monthly members, hey, listen, we've upgraded the whole thing. So you'll be uh, have access to all of the teaching from Intentional Living, plus all the new teaching that's going in. Now, uh, you all received uh, an email, if you're part of our monthly support family, telling you how to sign up, making sure you have access to it. If you didn't receive that, let us know. But uh, that's the way we're doing it now. Instead of just one teaching each month, we want to give you everything, including... Uh, the brand new uh, lessons as they're added in. All right. And of course, the five love languages for all of our new members will get it to you, but you have to either call during West Coast Business Hours, 888 or go to com and uh, click on donate. Will you do that today? Boy, we'd appreciate it. All right. I want to share some, we get so many comments that are left on our comment line of people who've said, hey, here's my one thing. We talk about the power of one thing. Here's something I'm doing to make a difference uh, in my marriage, something I'm going to do that's making a difference in my life. I want to share a few of these with you. Let's take a listen first. Hi, this is regarding little things in the marriage. And this is such a minute thing, but it's made a world of difference in my attitude. It used to be if my husband did something like, left the milk out or left a dirty bowl on the table or something really minute like that, it would irritate me and I would have to point it out to him so that he could fix it. But uh, at some point, I changed my attitude and I said, wait a minute, this is my husband. He does all these very kind and thoughtful little things for me. So for me to pick up a dirty bowl or something he's left, is not an issue. It's a non-issue. It's an act of love for me to finish something that he has started and forgotten about. So it's made a big difference in my attitude. Uh, I don't have to nag at him. I don't feel like he's done something wrong. We're a partnership and we watch out for each other. Hi, this is Vicki. One thing that has improved my marriage of 33 years is we made this a habit of asking each other, what can I do for you today? And sometimes it's nothing. And sometimes it's, well, you can put my clothes in the dryer or you can um, take out the garbage or something simple. But the simple act of asking if I can do something for my spouse has improved our marriage. One thing every day, listen, it'll change your life. 
you're struggling today, you want to get through, you want to talk, that's great. I'm going to remind you, you got to make a decision. you got to be intentional. Here's my intention. That's the direction, the goal I have. And then every day, doing one thing, then start moving in that direction. Break the inertia that can so easily beset us. Sounds biblical, doesn't it? It's, uh, it can beset us. It can stop us. It can freeze us uh, from moving on in our life. All right. Uh, let's get to our calls. Michigan, first, we got Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Appreciate your call today. Hey, how are you? Good. What's your question Hi, today? how are you? Good. So I am struggling with fear and anxiety, mm. like a lot in all, in all areas of my life. Um, it's gotten really bad. So I've been reading the Bible, listening to Family Life Radio, praying all the time. But it's like, it's not working. <laughs> okay. Is this new, recent, or is it ongoing in your life? Um, I, I feel like it wasn't as bad growing up, but within the last year, like my mind is playing tricks on me. Uh-huh. So it's, it's almost like, like I know better and I try to rebuke Satan because I know what that is. Right. And it's like, it's, it's just consumed like areas of my life and I, I don't want it anymore. And I'm trying to do it on my own, but. Is there, is there anything working. big going on in your life or is this just sort of a continued? You know, thoughts? no, I mean, no, that's, that's what's, that's what I'm trying to find the root of why I'm so anxious, why I'm so fearful. Um, it's like, I can't turn, my brain off about certain things. Um, like life is good. Family life is good. Uh, work is extremely busy. Um, that could be part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I work a lot and I'm tired all the time and I feel like I just go, 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 go. And I don't know how to stop. Uh, do you find when you do stop, it gets better when you stop, when you take a break, take a vacation weekend, whatever, does it seem to be better? A little bit, not entirely. <laughs> do, do you find yourself um, uh, any sort of um, obsessive or compulsive kind of behaviors? Checking doors, uh, locking yeah. doors, that kind of thing? Yes. Uh, no, it's, no, it's, I don't lock doors and stuff like that. Um, I've been drinking beer a little bit more than I should. Okay. Um, because it's, I, I, for some reason, I, I just feel like it relaxes me and I don't, really want to yeah. go that down that road if yeah. that makes sense oh yeah because you start um, you start to self-medicate and a lot of people do and that takes them down a bad path exactly yeah have you talked to anyone about no. this carrie no okay um are you married do you I've have kids um no i'm not married uh have a boyfriend have two grown kids that live with me um oh. but i've kept this from everyone yeah why it, it, it makes you feel just you just don't want others to know, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen. You know what? You know how many people? Oh. You know how many people are listening right now who are saying, "Gary, Gary, I have the same problem." The the <laughs> one of the major yeah. one of the major issues that we have in this country with um, with our lives is anxiety and depression. Do you find you get yourself depressed as well? Um. No, it's more anxiousness and just, 
I don't really get depressed. I'm always happy for other people, and I'm always giving to other people, but I feel like when it comes to me, I have nothing left. Yeah. So I, I'm just, I'm just kind of like, I feel like my soul is lost. Mm. Well, let me ask a question. What's your relationship like with Christ? Not good. I, um, it slipped away from the church because of work. I figured it's easier to make money than, you know, make time for God. Yeah. And it's my own fault. It's my own fault. Yeah, don't beat yourself up. And, welcome, welcome to the human condition, my friend. This is part of the human condition, <laughs> Carrie. You're not alone. Do you have panic attacks at all? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Let me ask you, yeah. Carrie, what, what do you think you need to do right now? Get more involved with God. That's a great start. You're giving me some... <laughs> and find somebody that I can talk to locally, which mm. I have a church. Okay. But, um, I mean, I read the Bible every morning, and that does calm me down quite Mm -hmm. a bit. Um, Psalms 91 is my go-to. That's good. Um, Yeah, and I I read it all the time, and I just, as I'm reading it, I read it out loud, and um, just really just praying for peace, Mm -hmm. and, and just to take this weight, because it's not my weight anymore. God's already taken that, but for some reason, it just it just keeps coming back. Yes. Well, let me let, let me do this, um, Carrie. First of all, you've kept us quiet until today when you called me, and we got you know what? Now you've just told a whole ton of people all over the country. <laughs> well, you know what? And I don't think any of them are saying, "What a crazy person." They're saying, "Wow, what an honest person." I can relate or my brother can relate or my husband or whatever. And you've done the very first thing. You've broken the secret. And you know what? You're still there. Life's still going on. Yeah. I mean, you're okay. You told me and it's okay, right? Yes. That's right. This is the beginning. We need each other. And so you've just sort of diagnosed not only the problem, but you also started to move down toward the solution and let me, let me just say a couple of things to you. First of all, I'm glad you're listening to the radio. Um, the radio station there, the Family Life Station, is there for this very reason, to help you experience hope in Christ. That's why we're there. So I, wouldn't chal- I would challenge you, and I don't mean this self-serving, I really don't. I, I just challenge you for 30 days, just listen. Leave it on the evening, leave it on the car, leave it in your life, fill your life. We become what we fill our lives with. And if we're filling our lives with all the stuff of today, and some of it's just trash and a lot of it's just stress, we fill our lives with the hope that we have in Christ, it'll make a difference. Number two, you need to get plugged back into your church and your Christian community and uh, with some support there and a class or whatever, but just get back in there. You're, you're, you and everybody else in that church is wrestling with something. We don't go to church because we're well. We go to church because we're sick and we need help. Really? That's spiritual. That's what it's about. So you need to do that. 
Three, you do need to talk to someone about this, these feelings that you have and this obsession and your thinking and so on. There's help available. Um, short term might be some medication that can help you, but getting the counseling, getting with a Christian counselor, finding help, uh, laying your issues out on the table, talking about it, finding support is going to make a huge difference in your life. And then I want to give you, Psalm 91 is great, but I want to give you another verse from the New Testament where Paul is talking to a young pastor, maybe about your age, I don't know, but he was uh, a young pastor, Timothy, and he was apparently wrestling with fear of some sort. And uh, Timothy, or Paul, this experienced old man, says to this young preacher, God, listen, Timothy, God has not given you that spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. We're going to have adversity in our life. We're going to be faced with emotional challenges and all the stuff. We're not immune as Christians from all these issues of anxiety and fear. They come. We just live in this world that just keeps attacking us. But God has not given us a spirit, an ongoing spirit of fear. That's not from God. And so there's help available, and you need to seek it, and you need to also make sure you get plugged into your spiritual roots because you're a spiritual person, a spiritual being, and ultimately you're going to find your peace, peace, Gary, when you're plugged into him. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Are those some things you a can uh, are those some things you could do? I mean, will do? Yes. Right. Yes, I I am going to do it. <laughs> okay. How do you feel right now? A lot better. <laughs> Interesting. Actually. Why do you think? Uh, cuz I opened up yeah, that's right. That's right. Because you just realized, hey, I can break this bottle of fear, lay it on the table. My world doesn't explode. I'm like every other human and uh, God loves me and I can get some help and uh, get some counseling, get into your Christian community. And also, listen, I think you need to slow down a little bit. Sounds like you're working yourself into this too, keeping yourself too busy. That's just my yeah, thought. Yeah, I've been told that. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll share that as your that's fatherly cool. figure here today, if that's okay. Life's short. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Carrie. And I'm glad you're listening. And um, let me close the program in prayer, okay? Father, I do pray for Carrie. And the Carrie's listening all over the country. And as uh, one who loves loves you all and cares for you, Father, I pray that you'll minister to those who are hurting today. Bring peace and hope, reminding us that uh, when we make that intentional decision to humble ourselves before you and then every day develop the kind of daily habits, love habits, God habits, the habits that make a difference in our life, uh, that we can be drawn closer to you. Thank you for this time. Amen. Got to run. Hey, listen, we didn't get to the announcement about the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. I got to mention quickly, Michigan, East Lansing, March 1st, 90% sold out. Only a few tickets left. So if you've been thinking about, hey, honey, you want to go to that thing? Yeah, well, you better get your tickets. Uh, and then Auburn Hills in the Detroit metro area uh, coming up March the 2nd uh, at the Auburn Christian Center. Get your tickets at theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com today. All right? Do not procrastinate one more minute. We're going to stay here in the studio. If you got a question for me, you want to talk, we love you. Give me a call. We'll stay here for the next half hour. 888 888
1717. Back tomorrow. We'll see you then.